Jesus. I'm so glad that Jesus is more than football, more than soccer, more than softball and baseball and all the sports in between. And we don't have to wonder if we're going to win or how we're going to win. We just know that we are going to win. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see Emma with us this morning and, and the Rosie, I mean Rick and Rose. Good to have you guys with us. Good to see the Lanes with us again. Um, good to have Miss Knuckles with us. Sister Knuckles. Is that, is that how I should approach that? <laughs> um, we have more history than I really even know about. And um, I, I met her uh, husband doing uh, a camp meeting. Uh, I was actually the missions speaker for the camp meeting in Louisiana and where I met her husband and great family and um, got to intervene in some situations that uh, he was messed up in. <laughs> Does it sound about right? Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. No, um, thank God for the Lord using all of us in times of need. Amen. So good to have all of you here this morning. How many know that... Uh, how many have ever had chores that you've had to do? Chores. I mean, when you were growing up, your parents gave you chores. How, how many? How, go ahead and raise your hand. Teenagers, look around. You're not alone. <laughs> I mean, Mama said, you know, back when I was growing up, I mean, we didn't. I mean, the, the highest system that I ever got to was an Atari. You know what I'm saying? How many know what I'm talking about? Pac-Man, you know, <laughs> Donkey Kong, <laughs> Frogger, <laughs> Miss Pac-Man. Miss Pac-Man was like cool because like, whoa, they upgraded, you know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the highlight of the games, you know. And, and we had chores. We had things. And so in other words, we didn't play games. We didn't go out on the weekends. We didn't go watch uh, football. We, it was... Until your room's clean, or until the trash is out, or until the grass is mowed, and all this stuff, you can't go. Chores, right? <laughs> but you know, when I look at receiving a breakthrough, that when God wants us to receive a breakthrough, there's always a responsibility that goes along with it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, how many have ever... Uh, purchased a gift and it says some assembly required <laughs> yeah I've put that thing together three times if I, w if I would have just read the instructions all these parts were left over I'm like what in the world Vic, Vic York got on to me this past week he said he's created a monster because you know he come to my house and instructed me, actually what he did is he left me in a mess. <laughs> he took my thermostat off and I had purchased the wrong one so he left and said, oh, you got this. So I came back and 45 minutes later I've got that one thermostat on and then go downstairs and, you know, 15 minutes to do that one. So I'm thinking, I'm a professional. I got this. So I come to church this past week to, to install thermostats. And I pull it off, 
I wire the thing up. I put the thermostat on. Nada. Nothing. I said, Vic, I've done everything. I've got all the wires. The yellow's on the yellow. The blue's on the common. The red's on the red. I mean, the green's on the green. I got it. Hey, just like it said, I did. He said, Pastor, did you cut the power off before you started? Nope. I blew a fuse. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to read the instructions, don't you? <laughs> but in life, we go through things where some assembly is required, and, and it's just the same with the gifts of God. God gives us gifts, and there are some requirements that have to be followed. There's some things that we have to do, and we don't always like to hear those things, but in reality... When God says do something, it has to be done. I mean, look, Naaman would have never got healed of leprosy if he had not listened to God and gone and dipped seven times in the river of Jordan. Right? Well, why, why do I have to go to Jordan? There's nicer, cleaner, more sufficient springs in my hometown. Look, God sometimes allows us or causes us or asks us to do things not because it makes sense, Come on. How many know that thing, there's some things that God says to us that doesn't make sense, right? But a lot of times, it's for us to submit to His authority. He wants to see, will you obey me? Will you trust me? And sometimes it's the fact that we have gotten so prideful into ourselves that we don't want to humble ourselves before God. And God's saying, look, until you trust me, until you're willing to humble yourself in front of the mighty hand of God, until you're willing to submit your will and your way, I can't do anything with you. Sounds like some spoiled kids I've talked to. If you'll just listen to me. How many have ever been a coach before? Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about right here, huh? If you got, Come on, guys. I'm trying to show you how to do this thing. Oh, but... So-and-so taught me how to do it this way. Yeah, that's why you keep shanking. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, we have to learn to trust the Lord. I mean, look, the reality is, is that even the leper who came to Jesus would have never gotten healed if he didn't trust that God would heal him when he came. You've got to do something. You've got to go to God. And then afterwards, he told the leper, go show yourself to the priest. There's times when we must trust the plan of God. Look, the, the woman at Zarephath would have never had her meal continue to be there and oil continue to sustain if she had not made a cake first for the prophet because, look, it doesn't make sense. Well, Lord, I'm about to run out. I'm going to eat my last cake and then that's it. I'm going to starve to death. And God says, no, I want you to give that cake to the prophet because if you'll do that, I will sustain you. It has no sense, but if you will trust God, He will supply. Amen. Sometimes it's determined of how many jars you're willing to go get. Come on. He told the woman, he said, go get, go get some jars and, and, and start pouring into the jars. Look, you can get two or three jars and, and, and that might suffice you for a day or two. But if God says, go get jars, fill a truckload and go get some jars. Amen. 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 Malachi, I'm sorry, Micah chapter 2. Micah chapter 2 verse 13. Last week we talked about 
praise before breakthrough. And how that praise brings about the manifest presence of God. We talked about how praise brings victory and how praise uh, brings an exchange. Beauty for ashes, right? And how praise brings about a, a, a release. And so this morning I want to continue talking more about, about this breakthrough. And I want to talk about the one who brings breakthrough uh, in our lives. It says in Malachi 2.13, The breaker goes up before them. They break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord at their head. Father, I pray that this morning we will grasp a hold of the supremacy of God. Lord, that we will grasp a hold of who you are in our lives and what you would desire to do in and through us. God, may we be vessels used for your glory to break free those who we come in contact. And Lord, may we honor you in this journey, lifting your name up. Lord, may we trust you all the way. In Jesus' name, amen. You know why we're here? We're here because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. Bonnie, you need Jesus? Yeah, that's what uh, Ray told me yesterday. <laughs> he, he said, he said, she had me out here at 9 o'clock in the morning for this Nerf thing, and it's not till 5 in the afternoon. <laughs> we, had all, we had nearly 60 kids in here yesterday playing games and enjoying fellowship. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That is awesome. Not only that, that uh, two, Sundays, two Sundays ago, five children in our children's church accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? God is at work. And thank God for great, dedicated men and women who are serving in our youth and our children and in all areas of our church. Amen. Amen. When I look at this passage of Scripture... In Micah chapter 2 and 13, it says the breaker. Uh, I look at that and, and, and I think because it's not a term that we use often in our Christian faith. But when I looked at Barnes' notes, it says that it, it calls the breaker the breaker through. It's the, one, it's the one title that's given to our Lord, our Savior, our King, our Christ right here. The breaker through. He breaks through because he's the only one that can, is able to overcome the obstacles that we face. How many understand that? I mean, when there is something that's immovable, that's something that's in our way that we can't get through, God the breaker crashes the gate in order to move us into a place of openness, into a place of freedom, into a place of life. And that is who He is. Amen? God is the breaker that breaks every curse, breaks every chain, breaks every situation that hinders our growth. Amen? How many like to be confined? No, right? Those old songs, don't fence me in. <laughs> Only the older generation laughed at that. <laughs> Does that include me? Oh, anyway. <laughs> the fact is, is that 
people are so used to being barred, so used to being bound, that they get stuck in a position of life. They get content where they are because they don't know what true freedom is about. They have reached levels of freedom. They've reached, reached levels of potential. They've experienced little things, but God wants you to experience more. Amen? He wants you to experience more of His presence. And, 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 and it is the breaker who breaks through. I mean, we see this image also in Isaiah 43 and 6 when God speaks to Isaiah and says, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. In other words, there is no way that this impenetrable situation can hold you back. If God says we're going through, then we're going through. Amen? If God says you can do it, we can do it. Amen? Nothing can block us when God ordains a path. And the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of God. When God ordains a path, who can stop your path? Who can keep you from reaching your potential? Who can stop the plan of God? Amen? Amen. Woo! Y'all had y'all's coffee this morning. I've had two cups. <sighs> Thank the Lord. I mean, this is not some ordinary person that this scripture is talking about. It's not some just Joe on the street that's, that's just doing This is the king of kings. This is the king himself. He will pass through ahead of us and he will break open the way. And I don't know about you, but I want some ways breaking open. Amen? I want some paths opened up. Praise God. Yes. I mean, when you look at this imagery, I mean, it's like, uh, it's like in Ezekiel 22, verse 21. It's, it's, it's like a battering ram. It's the imagery given that there's a battering ram. How many know in the Old Testament times that they used a battering ram to break into different uh, fortresses? And, and if you look at the history of different fortresses, even in Israel, they would actually build a ramp up and then they would break through. Well, isn't it awesome to know that God is the breaker because He's at the front. He is the, he is the battering ram that opens the gates no matter what city is shut up. Just like, uh, just like Jericho was tightly shut up. No matter how shut up it is, if God says, I'm, I want you in there, it is yours, He will go before us. He will batter His batter around that door down. He will open the gates and the flood of heaven will flow through because He is the one that opens the door. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You have to realize that breakthrough is something that, that we can't achieve on our own. It is something that we have to have God in because when you realize that breakthrough is something supernatural, if God tells you to do something, it is not because you can do it, it's because He knows He can use you to do something. Right? He knows that you are willing to allow the supernatural to flow through you because if you in your own ability to, can accomplish what God has asked you to do, then it is only self-reliance that has caused you to do it. It is only as we depend on Him that we will see true breakthrough take place. We need supernatural power in this day, in this hour. Amen. We, we need God to break through just like He led Moses uh, out of Egypt, just like He led Gideon to overcome, just like He led Joshua to overcome. We still need the power of God to lead us to overcoming uh, anointing in this day, in this hour. Amen. Amen. How many know that we live in a world where a whole lot of people are captive? 
They, 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 they live bound. They live struggle. How many know that that same captivity is also found in the church because people have not understood, have not matured, and have not grown in a relationship that is deep enough so that they can too be overcomers? Is that an amen or an old me? Because the reality is so many times, I mean, so many people sit in pews who are broken, who've never allowed the Spirit of the Lord to bring true healing in their life. And they're still dealing so much with their past because, uh, because you know, the Bible says, don't take the old man off the cross, right? I mean, literally, they, have, they live with this body of death and, and they walk around as if it's still a part of their life. And God says, I have come to deliver you from that body of death. The imagery that the Apostle Paul gave when he talked about that was literally what they would do to a murderer. When somebody murdered someone, they would strap the body onto that person and as it decayed, they themselves would have an excruciating death and they would decay with it. And that is what sin is like. When we continue to allow sin to flow into our lives and we say, well, I'm just dealing with this one little thing. It is like a body of death that continues to creep in. It may not affect you but a little bit now, but tomorrow it gets worse and the next day it's worse. And we just continue to be decrepit and we continue to grow away from God instead of close to God. God help us, right? I mean, we can see... God doing so much throughout the Word of God. I mean, uh, literally, when you look at the Exodus, uh, we see that basically God saying, I will do this. I'll do it. I'm going to deliver you. But yet, in the same tone of I will do it, He also told Moses, Moses, you got, you've got to go to Pharaoh. So there's some things that even though God says, I will do this, the battle's not yours you have a responsibility to go and, 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 and take an initiative. Even the priests who are carrying the, the, uh, the, the, yes, Ark of the Covenant was not able to cross through the water until they stepped their foot into the water. There's something that you have to do. You may not see the experience. You may not say, well, there's water there, God. How am I going to walk across? And God's saying, step into the water Way down a little bit deeper. Step. Come on, right? We, sometimes you just got to get ready to step into the water. Quit saying, well, there's too much water there. If God wants you to pass across the water, when you step in the water, it will disperse. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God looks at when we will take the initiative, God will... Use our faith through our words, though it might be human uh, of us, but he will take that faith and he will step into our faith and then he will accomplish his task through us. Isn't that amazing? God can use you. God can use you. How many of you have been blessed by an individual? And you're just like, man, God sent them right at the right time. Over and over and over again. I mean, how many have ever told somebody, I said, you're just an angel? Because God just allowed them to step into your situation at the right time to bring wholeness and deliverance and, and peace into your situation. That's how God is. Isaiah 52, 11 and 12 says, Depart, depart, go out from there. 
touch no unclean thing. Go out from the midst of her. Be clean, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. For you shall not go out with haste, nor go with, by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the, and the God of Israel will be your guard. God will go with you. But we've got to be willing to move, right? We've got to be willing to take some initiative in God's plan. Hosea spoke of another breakthrough from, from Israel. When we look at Hosea chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Then the children of Judah and the children of Israel shall be gathered together and appoint the, for themselves one head, and they shall come, out, come up out of the land, for great will be uh, the day of Jezreel. The, the word says, come out Come up out is the same word for break or breakthrough. That's why I'm using that, that, that scripture. Because to realize that God wants us to break through is sometimes means a come out. It come, or a breakthrough or a come from. So here is God in this passage breaking out of, out of our captivity and free into one place. And, and, and I want you to understand something. Not only does God break us out of something, but in this passage it shows that when God breaks us out, He also brings us a harvest. Some people say, why am I not fruitful? Why can't I do this? Or why can't I experience this? God wants you to experience fruitfulness. He wants you to be able to gather harvest, but you have to be willing to allow Him to break through in your life. What is hindering? What's keeping us from the plan that God has for us? Amen. I mean, we can see over and over again how Israel was delivered, how Israel was set free. We see that they were uh, they were set free from the captive of Babylon. And, and in being set free, they went back to repossess and they went back to build the temple with Nehemiah. But in that process, how many know that just because God says go repossess something or go take back what the enemy stolen from you, it's not an easy task. Because even in that process, they, they had to run into a Tobias. They had to run into... Uh, Sanballat, who was there speaking lies against them, who was trying to tell them what you're building, even if a little dog or a fox was to jump on top of it, it would fall apart. You ain't worth anything. You, you don't have anything. It's not yours. It's not, it's not what you... Right? You've experienced that, experienced that before? I remember when I got saved, you know, met, met some of my friends and they were like, oh man, you're going to be back with us next week. Right? Just wait. Yeah, you, you, you had your fun at church. Oh, yeah, we know. You got your religious experience. We're meeting at the barn next week. You're gonna, we'll see you there. The enemy wants to tell you to, you're, not, you're, not, you're not whole. The enemy wants to tell you, no, you, you, haven't, you haven't broke through. The enemy wants to keep you right where you are. But when we understand that God is the one that goes before us, that he's the one that breaks through. That he's the one that restores. He's the one that breaks through the walls. And he's the one that marches us through the gate. And he's the one that takes us out of the prisons. It is him who does it. It is not ourselves. And we see those three things. Breakthrough, march through, and going out. It describes an advancement that only God himself can do. It is not Human power is not human ability. But let me tell you something. If God is doing it, then human power and ability can't stop it either because God is all-powerful. Yes. Amen. 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 Isaiah 42, 66 through 7 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will, will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you 
as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles, to open blinded eyes, to bring out prisoners from, the, the, from their prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Thank you, Jesus, that you will set the captive free, right? And there's another verse like it is Isaiah 61 and, and verse 1 where Jesus himself opens up the scroll in the temple and he begins to read. He said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. How many know that God has anointed you? He's appointed you. And if the anointed one is flowing through you, then nothing can stop you, right? You will be able to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound and those who are blind to set the captive free. People need to know that you are willing to share and be ambassadors for the Word of God because they need to hear the voice of God. And you are the voice of God to this world today. Are you bearing His Word? Are you carrying His message? Are you living the life that sets people free? Y'all quiet today. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I mean, first of all, we have to see that it is the character of Christ. It is not our character. It is not our ability. But when we see that Christ is the breaker, He's the one that is the breaker through. Because of one characteristic, He is the King. And He, is, he has the authority of the kingdom, right? So not only is He King, but He is Lord. And He rules over everything seen and not seen. All kings reign and rule they have a sovereign power over designated kingdom, over a designated kingdom. From the beginning of time, all things in heaven and on earth have originated from God, including all authorities and all kingdoms. All that has come from God. I mean, you have to look at Colossians chapter 1 and 16. It says, by him all things were created that were in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities and powers, all things were created through him and for him. The breaker has the authority to enter into no matter what kingdom, whether it be the kingdom of darkness or a natural kingdom, he has the authority to enter into whatever situation you, you have faced and he's able to break those bonds. He's able to hold accountable. He's able to bring freedom. He's able to bring deliverance because he is the breakthrough God. He is still at work today. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just as he broke them free in the jails, as he was talking about Paul and Silas, just as he broke them free that day, he's still able to break free today. Somebody needs to get a hold of a breakthrough God. Say, God, I need a breakthrough. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Breakthrough in our lives, breakthrough in our homes, breakthrough in our families, breakthrough in our children, breakthrough in our jobs. God, you enter in to whatever kingdom power, whatever kingdom of darkness might try to hold us and be the light of God and let the light of God shine forth out in the darkness and let it be bright, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But not only do we understand that Jesus as the breaker is a, is a king with kingdom authority, but he's also a covenant maker and a covenant keeper because he makes a covenant with us. God is Jehovah in Hebrew, which means covenant keeper. The one who we know as Lord and breaker goes before us because he's in charge. How many need to recognize that God is in charge? 
Amen. He reigns over the kingdoms of heaven and kingdoms of earth. He makes a covenant with his people, those who he created. And we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we can see all the blessed things that God does for those who are walking in favor with him, those who are listening, those who are obedient to the covenant plan that he's made with us. I mean, look, when we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, we call them Old Testament, New Testament. But it literally can be said Old Covenant and New Covenant. And we understand that God has made a covenant with us. And it's not a covenant like a, a contract that we like to write today. How many know that there's a whole lot of people break contracts? Yeah, break contracts. It's, it's not like a, a handshake promise. Uh, it is the fact that it is a covenant of blood that, that he will not uh, go back on. He will fulfill his plan. Amen? How many understand that there's times when we have broke covenant with God? There's one thing you can count on. There's one promise that you can hold on to. God is a God who will always keep His covenant plan. You can count on it. You can trust it. You can know that He will always be there. He will always fulfill His plan. Even when we don't like it. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 26. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 6, 17 through 20. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutable. What does that mean, immutable? It is the unchangeableness. Think about that. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutable, the unchangeableness of his counsel. Ooh, God help us. Confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, two unchanging things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Y'all need to grab that into your spirit. It is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of our soul. Thank you, Jesus. Both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus himself, having become a high priest forever according to, to the order of Melchizedek. God will not change. God is steadfast. God is secure. You can hold on to him. And he has led the way for us. And I love the study that we've been in Revelation and to recognize that when that city that John saw coming down, they'll need no light in the city that John saw coming down. For Jesus will be there. His glory will abound. It doesn't mention a temple because we are the temple of God and God himself enthrones himself in the place where we are because we have we've allowed him to have control of everything. He's almighty. And the glory of God shines in that place. God, help us to understand the promise of your covenant. Under, understand that, look, when we understand that, there is, that the covenant is also a promise, it brings us to an expectation. And, and that expectation draws us closer to the Lord. It helps us to draw near to Him because we understand that He is the fulfiller of the promise. It doesn't happen. You can come to a church building all you want to. You can sing as many praise songs as you want to. But we have to get close to Jesus. 
He's the only way. It doesn't matter if you're at this church or that church or across town at another church. What matters is do you know Jesus? Are you committed to him as much as he's committed to you? Are you willing to allow the breaker to break through in your life? Are you willing to give up your own agendas and say, God, it's not my way, but it's your way? God, help us. God, help us. Man, you better get up here so I can close this thing. I believe that there's a generation of people, and I'm not claiming an age group, I'm just saying a generation of people who are looking to reclaim their destiny, their destined heritage that God has for them. We remember too much of what God did for us in the past. We've experienced the miraculous revivals, and we say, God, we know that you are still a God who performs the miracles, and we want to see it again today. A people who, who want to see God both naturally and spiritually moving in their midst once again because we uh, understanding that as we draw near, we may face some enemies, we may face some attack, we may face the fact that there's, a, a, there's an outward force of the enemy who does not want us to repossess what God gave to us. We used to sing the song... Uh, Went to the enemy's camp and we took back what he stole from me. And I don't know that, have we gotten weak? Have, have, we, have we gotten fearful? Have we gotten to the place where, where church has become all about me? We've become so passive. We've become fearful of the attacks of the enemy. That we've now set back. We've let others praise for us. We're afraid to speak the name of Jesus out in public because we're afraid of what the outside voices will say about us. When we come to churches, well, what, is it, what does it offer me? Well, I didn't get anything from that. What's best for me? Where can I get help? How can I get blessed? What can I get from it? What, what do I feel? I, me, I, me. Well, the air condition is too cold. Well, the seats are too soft. We've gotten comfortable. We've gotten passive. There's no more warring. There's no more intense breakthrough, grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar until something happens. There's no more of that. We love this. Well, it's all good. And we walk out just the same way we came in. But I believe there's a people who are hungry enough that are tired of the mundane, easy Christianity. They're tired of cheap grace. They're tired of sin, sin, 
sin adaptive. Can I say it that way? Sin adaptive faith. Tired of just putting up with allowing the world to influence us so much. Think, well, you know, God loves me. I can, I can, I can sit at home and watch Jesus. I can watch the church on TV. God be happy with that. And we get to a society that, that don't understand what the body of Christ is. There's no fear of God anymore. They'll, they'll go out and, and do all, all kinds of things walking straight out of a church today. I mean, look, there's churches that call themselves gay churches. Had a family member moved to a new area and I asked him, I said, where are you going to church? He said, well, I'm trying to find a church that fits my conviction. What? What? Look, if they're not, if they are not a Bible-believing, completely, I'm not talking about parts of the Bible, it's not the Bible and this book, it's not the Bible and that book, it's got to be the Bible. You can't wipe out chapters and say, well, well, you know, that was just for then. We have to be willing to preach and live the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ today, just like we did yesterday, just like we did 50 years ago, just like they did in the book of Acts, because the Acts of the Apostles were dynamic, they were powerful. These men and women of God did the miraculous. And, the, and when you look at the end of Acts, it didn't stop because it was a story of the history of the church. And the church is still active today, just like it was then. But we have to walk in the power of God. We need a breakthrough anointing in our life. There's people sitting at home, sucking their spiritual thumb because they've been offended at church because they've never grown up, they've never been discipled, they've never grasped a hold of the meat of God's Word, and every little thing that bumps in the road, they're saying, oh God, I don't want, I don't like this. Look, grow up! Be a man and woman of God. Take on the sword of the Spirit. Put on the shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation. Begin walking in the truth of God. You are a warrior! We are fighting a battle here. Quit willy neck round as I just can't handle this. Look, you're not alone. That is exactly why we need a, an anointed breaker spirit on us today. We need the power of God today more than ever. Because there are people who need a breakthrough. And you are the bearer. Come on, you are. Aren't you the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, then stop. Stop stopping the flow. Let the anointing flow through you. Let the anointing bless you. Let the anointing flow through you. Because God wants breakthrough in this church. God wants breakthrough in your family. God wants breakthrough in your home. 
But he has you there for purpose. Well, my environment is so bad. They're just so bad around me. Take your little Nerf dart. <laughs> You've been anointed by God to withstand, is this what the Bible says? The darts of the enemy. Right? But you've got to put that whole armor on. You've got to prepare yourself. And that doesn't come by SMOs. SMOs. It, it don't happen by CEOs either. Y'all know what SMOs are? Sunday morning only. We don't get empowered by CEOs either. Christmas and Easter only. It has to be a it has to has to be on Monday. When I get up early, it has to be there. It has to be on Tuesday. The old song says, Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Yes, I need thee every hour. I don't need you just on Sunday, Lord. I don't need you to hold my hand just on the moments that I feel weak. I need you, Jesus, every hour. On Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. I need you every day. Yes, I need thee every hour. I believe there's a stirring in the spirit in this church. I believe there's a stirring and a hunger. And I, I'm excited because I believe, though we might be like, oh God, what's that look like? I don't know what that means, but here I am, God. Brother Marvin, I believe that the revivals of old, that same spirit that flowed through churches back then can still flow today. Just like it flowed a hundred years ago in, as this church launched as a church, I believe it still flows today. Are we willing to allow the breaker to have His way in us? Are we willing to let God have his way. And I'll tell you, this is a tough question, guys. I'm, this is tough. We like where we're at. We're happy. But we've gotten too satisfied. Too satisfied. I mean, I, I'm believing that, that this is a precursor for tonight. We, we're already, we're going to fill the baptismal this afternoon. we got one going to get baptized. But I'm believing for miraculous things to take place tonight, Tuesday night. When, listen. Scott King, he told me, he said, brother, he says, if the Holy Ghost leads us, it don't have to stop Tuesday. We can go Wednesday, we can go Thursday. Yeah. 
I have been in revivals with Scott where the Holy Spirit begins to move. And we, we've seen over 120 baptized in the Holy Spirit in one service. I have experienced revivals with Scott King where they've gone on for nine weeks. So I know he's a man of God who loves the Lord, and I believe that he is bringing a, a specific, special anointing to our church for, this, for such a time as this. And I pray and encourage you that if you really want to see this breakthrough, will you grab a hold of somebody? Will you bring them in? Would you say, look, you've got to be here because something spectacular is going to happen this week. Something powerful is going to happen. And I want you to experience with me. Don't say, you need Jesus. You better be in church. No, because everybody needs Jesus. The same finger pointing out saying, you need Jesus. There's about three million babies pointing back at you. So when you're out there saying, come and join me because let us experience God together because I need Jesus and I know that, that you'll be blessed by the Lord too. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for stirring in my spirit this scripture. And Lord, help us to grasp a hold that the breaker you, O oh Lord, want to indwell us. And Lord, thank you that you do not want us to be held captive by any grasp of the enemy, by anything that would hinder our growth in you. And Lord, help us to understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead indwells us. And so, let your anointing flow through us. And Lord, let us recognize that that you are the supreme God. You are sovereign. And Lord, no matter what walls or gates or hindrances may be around us, God, you, like a battering ram, can tear down and take down every wall. And Lord, may we walk, march in with victory, knowing that you, O oh Lord, are with us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God's good, isn't he?